Hey guys, this is Sam Denning. Uh, welcome to The Rift, Enlightenment Within the Divide. I'm your host. Joining us today is Ryan Stoner, a friend of mine. Uh, he is a parent. He is COO of Coalfield Development, and he is a leader amongst the community. Um, we are going to talk today about uh, a couple of other different topics, including pandemic parenting, of which he has had to deal with because he has three children. Um Please uh, stay and listen and enjoy the conversation. All right, Ryan. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm glad that you took the call when I asked. Thought I might never get you here. You're one of the busiest men that I know. I don't think so. I just uh, I learned a long time ago it's more efficient for me if I let more calls go to voicemail <laughs> than actually answer the phone. I know. Am I but one of those? Know that. You get it. Comes up, says no caller ID. <laughs> no, it's just uh, almost every call, unless it's my wife, has to be screened. Amen. Gosh. <laughs> So you and I have been having some discussions over the last couple months about what it's like to live um, during these crazy times of COVID-19. You know, a lot of information has changed, but a lot of action really hasn't changed. You know, we're still kind of delayed in going back to school. No kids have gone to school at all since March something. Yeah, physically, yeah, in person since March. Um, So you have three children, right? Mm -hmm, Yep, three kids. We've got... uh, our oldest is headed to middle school this year, so sixth grade. And we've got two uh, younger ones that are still in elementary. They are, um, they're fourth and second grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. What uh, what are their names? Do you care to say? So, yeah. So I've got uh, our, our oldest, Kathleen, is is headed in sixth grade. Then Carolyn, our, our middle daughter, headed into fourth. And then Topher, our uh, our son. His name's Christopher. We call him Topher. That's awesome. He, uh, he's headed in second grade. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, um you know, I've got two kids myself, Owen and Otto. They're much younger. So, you know, and you're they, headed into another pre-K class. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Headed into another pre-K class and we're on the fence and I, I we'll get to where you stand as yeah. how things are right now. But, um, you know, we wanted to talk specifically about pandemic parenting. So uh-huh. what, what are the things that you've had to specifically deal with since March? So when, the reality really changed for us when uh, the kids come home from school and it's like all of a sudden we're canceling classes and going to this virtual environment and uh, you know, they're expected really the last nine to ten weeks of, of last year's school session to do that remotely. So they, they the schools really kicked it in high gear and did these packets and sent all this information home, you know, and, and at the time my wife and I were still in – in a balance where we were working outside the home more and it was kind of like, you know, how do you take care of the kids this day, me that day, and then still get all three packets done. Um, and at the time no one had really said, by the way, the grades don't count the last nine weeks. <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have tried as Thank hard. God. Yeah. Right. But, uh, maybe we wouldn't have tried as hard, but you know, it, at the same time, the kids needed the routine. They needed to follow through. They needed to finish it out, you know, strong. So, uh, that, that was really like the first kind of hit was when it's like, okay, there's no going to school tomorrow. 
And now what do you do with the schedule? Now, you have kids of all varying ages, and mm-hmm. they have totally different levels of understanding. Sure. Um, how long did it take before your oldest daughter really realized what the heck was going on? Yeah. And how, how, how did you how did you go about even broaching it? Obviously, that she knew something was up. I mean, the younger one maybe not. I don't. I don't know. Right. Right. But you know, how did that go down? Well, it's. Uh, you know, it's interesting to think back that far and remember. I feel like it's that far, but it's been like months of oh, turned I know. into don't, years, don't, right? Don't these last like, oh, gosh. you know, once if, basically from the pandemic point on, I don't know, yeah. let's just say February even. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's just say once the, once the headlines of all the news was always about this virus, right. it seems like 10 years it's just, has yeah. gone by. Yeah, it has. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, our kids are old enough that it, we really didn't shy away from, you know, watching a press conference on TV and them observing, you know, so like when it's this 15 days to flatten the curve sort of initiative, you know, like the kids are seeing that and they're, they're beginning to understand like, all right, you know, so like that means we're not going anywhere, you know, and for us, one of the, the main realities there was at the end of March, we were scheduled during spring break to take the kids on a cruise. We had never taken the kids, you know, we'd saved up at Christmas and like made this big deal about, you know, we're going to go on this cruise to the Bahamas. We're thinking, okay, this seems like a privileged thing to do, but we, we wanted to do it before the kids got it into the teenage years. I, I refused to take a teenager on a cruise ship because I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, you've like been there. Club. I've been there. Yeah. It, not, no. I'm not parenting there. Like I'm not doing that. So we decided we were going to do this and, um, you know, quickly get in the situation where like pl- plane flights are canceled, right? Like everybody's afraid to fly. Like the panic of, I don't want to be in a plane. Like if I go to a gas station, is it clean? Like, you know, then, so we just kind of, we had to wait and see, well, what's the cruise line company going to do? And you started to see this activity where they're like, well, we're going to move everybody's cruises out a couple of months. So we're like, all right, so we'll just, we'll, we'll ride that out. Well, then finally, like they ended up giving us our money back. We canceled the whole thing. So, you know, the, the reality was the, the kids were going to miss out on something they had been looking forward to. But so they very early on had an understanding of like, this is disrupting life for people, whether it was life of, of goals you had. Uh, we also, we had our youngest, he was going to play little league. He was going, it was a minor league baseball team this year. So as he was getting started to do that, we had two practices and I can remember being out there helping and this one kid was chewing bubble gum and he dropped it on the ground and put it back in his mouth. And one of the other parents that was helping out, we looked at each other and we just laughed and said, Oh, this is great. This is like that whole COVID thing. And then like the next week they cancel little league and it's wow. just done, you know? So like, we're like, wow, like th- this is impacting like the kid's ability to, to be sort of out and about or involved in activities with others. So they had a uh, a very early understanding of what was going on. Did they ever say to you like, "Daddy, what is this virus or what's going on?" You know, anything like that? Like, or, or do they do they get that deep about it? Do they understand? Yeah, I mean, our, our kids have had you know, they haven't had like super major health issues, but you know, they've had the flu and stuff before, a stomach bug, and missed some days of school. Like, they're old enough to remember like what it felt like to be sick, and and so they really didn't have questions about the virus as much as they had questions about why they couldn't do something because of yeah so that virus. that leads me to you know i've got several siblings and mm-hmm. you know one of my older brothers that lives in another state you know they they kept they followed the guidelines they stayed at home right. they didn't they did not 
get around any other families. Sure. Sometime, you know, I remember he, he, he was telling a story about they hung out with some other people on their block, but then they started to socialize with more and more people and they decided we're going to steer clear mm-hmm. because, you know, what we thought was going on is not such the case. So, right. I mean, like how, how true to the social distancing and the, and the, you know, how, how much did you guys really hole up? So we really did in, in terms of like, um, who was allowed kind of in that inner circle. We had, um, some family members that we thought, all right, so there, we, we could, we knew they were observing the guidelines early on. And so my wife's mother, she is, uh, uh, she's a pancreatic cancer survivor. So like my wife's she would siblings, be high risk, high, yeah, oh, super, super high, high risk. risk. Right. And so they were just, there was, everybody was kind of amped about it. And we're like, all right, we're going to follow these guidelines because, because of Nana, you know? And so they just had this concern. There was this heightened awareness to it, but still there's, um, e- even with that, like you've still got kids kind of looking and seeing each other, even within the family, like, why can't we play with each other right now? You know, like, what, is it really that bad? You know, like, and, and so they were having a hard time understanding that more than anything, because it's not like, uh, you're watching some zombie apocalypse movie. And then like two days later you see like, well, that person died, you know, like there's, it wasn't so frequent the impact that they would see. So it's like, you get a weekend, you get two weeks in, you get now like however many weeks in and, and maybe you haven't had a very close interaction with somebody who got sick and you're still asking yourself, do I have to take this this seriously? You know, and, and as a parent, you're saying, yeah, because there's still so many things we don't know. And it's just that that's kind of where you have to leave it is there. There's a lot more to this virus and its effects than we know right now. And we want to, you know, do our best to protect you. And, now, and so we actually came up with some rules on the refrigerator, like what we could do and what we couldn't do together. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Now now we do know a little bit more about this virus. We don't right. know a ton, but we sure. do. We have a pretty good in the U.S. We have a yeah. good pinpointed mortality rate. Right. Uh, we have a good idea of who it really that mortality rate affects the most. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what you know to be true. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of questions out there about what sure. is and isn't actually true. But you know, right. West Virginia is slated to go back on September the eighth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? about um, sending your kids back to school in person then. Yeah. So this is a really, really tough decision, I think, for a lot of parents. And you, you got to take the whole family life situation into account. And and at present, my wife and I are both in a position where, for the most part, we are working from home. And, and our kids are old enough that, again, if, uh, if one of us needed to leave or if, if both of us need to leave to one's at the grocery store and the other one's on the way home from work, like our kids are old enough that we can leave them to do that. You know, you got to really feel for parents with super young kids that can't move around enough to do that. Right. But like the responsibility of our own kids, like I can leave them five minutes and they're not going to die at home by themselves, you know? So like you've got a little more freedom in that, um, they might burn the house down. Well, yeah, but I got, I got alert the neighbors and, <laughs> and grandparents live close by and they call 911. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the challenge for us, though, was how do we ensure that they, they get a good education? You know, so like we were really listening to hear, like, what are the plans from the school board? Uh, because, you know, in West Virginia, the, the plan is everybody goes back September 8th, but you've got 55 counties of school boards that get to pick how they're going to do that. And then, you know, what limitations each county has, because not every county is blessed enough with like broadband internet, 
that they're going to be able to support a fully virtual scenario. Yeah, this is a little off topic. Mm-hmm. It's on it's it's on what yeah. you're saying, but yeah. it's not about your kids specifically. But you know, I have thought about like, you know, West Virginia is a great example of yeah. having pretty a good chunk of the state not having access to high Absolutely. speed internet. So, yeah. I mean, you know, those, those, those kids in those communities, you know, they're already behind the eight ball where they live. And now with this going on, they're going to be right. There's a, it's just an added layer of a challenge. And so if you're, if your back to school plan involves this virtual, fully virtual environment that you're dependent on um, a web conference meeting, then those students, like, you know, you get a class of 20 kids, like 10 of them don't have internet. Like, what are you going to do? You know, so that's when early on, like you saw this sort of this response was, we'll go back to packets and worksheets. And, and that, you know, it worked, but it didn't, it, it, it worked enough to end the school year with like sort of the busy work, right? Like the last week of school in elementary was always like the color of the worksheets and do the math problems and like everybody gets a sticker, right? So like, mm-hmm. or watched eight movies in high school, right? Yeah. That's what it ended party up. Party at the end. Party at the end. Pizza party at the end. Uh, no one had a pizza party this year. So, you know, I think the, the packets were okay, but like, how do you prepare an entire course curriculum and worksheets for a whole next school year, you know, even like you'd think, okay, there's probably time between May and August to do that, but you don't know if you need to do that. Right. So like everybody's just kind of like waiting, like what's, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so for us locally, like they, they came up with three options and as we could understand them and they needed parents to make a decision about them, you know, we ultimately determined, and, and we did talk to the kids about it. We talked to each of our kids about it and, and let them know there will be opportunities to begin interacting with people, whether it's extracurricular, sports, school sports, things like that. Um, but in the classroom setting, because kids always bring home some illness anyway. Oh, that I think that's where stuff spreads the most. Yeah, like daycares and stuff. You remember when a kid gets sick in daycare and it's like, three days, four days, they're sick, right? Mom, dad are out of work and everything, you know, like for us, it's, that's that multiplier effect of having three kids and they never all get sick at the same time. Like they never get sick at the same. So like for us, February before the pandemic hit, we went through that winter wave of all the kids getting sick. And like, by the time like April, late April rolls around, like, wow, we're thinking about going back to school. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Like I already went through all this. I'm not, I guarantee three you, days later, I'm going to have somebody with a strep throat and I'm not, I'm just not going to deal with it. Did you think too much? I don't know. Did you think that maybe you had already had COVID? You remember back, back then I, there was a lot of talk about people. It may have come through because I, I've never been. I've heard so many more stories of that. A lot of now, people this locally, year and, were and, very sick this, yeah. this last winter. My wife and all three of our kids, they all got sick, like very severely sick. Like my wife, you, there's not a lot that you can do to really slow her down. And she was like in bed three days, just toast. Well, I said to my folks, man, I, I had a son, um, Otto born the uh, 30th of December. Uh-huh. I got sick first week of December and I was still sick when he yeah. was born. My ears were so stopped up. I yeah, couldn't right. hear. Right. I w- I've never been so sick in my life. Yeah. So when this rolled around, I'm like, dude, maybe there's some truth to this that it's already come around. Yeah. But eh, it was probably just the flu. I, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't had an antibody test. Right. Yeah. We don't know yet. We haven't done that either. And, and we don't know like how much things have sort of mutated and changed right. over time. 
but it, it did cross my mind with all that talk going on that, man, maybe it did brush through here. Like, yeah. you know, I, my son was going to pre-K at uh, right. a local, like, uh, preschool. It more, right. It's a Christian school, Catholic yeah. school. And then, you know, it abruptly ended. Uh, yeah. But I did proceed to pay for the entire rest of the year. That was a little bit of a gut punch. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, and they, he didn't, you know, we sent him, it's basically daycare. So we were right. sending him not for education, really. So yeah. that was really brutal. You know, it's yeah. not like they sent something home for him to do. Right. So um, all of a sudden, you guys become like his everything, his every activity. Yeah. His and I, every I feel it from, from my thing. perspective, you know, I'm, I'm busy. You know, my right. job did not end during this. No, you know, right. I, I, I mow lawns. You were and able I've to got continue. Rental to property. Work. And I, right. I, um, it affected me, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and I had to get rid of tons of my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, what my wife had to manage him. You know, she had already kind of predicted that that was going to happen for two or three months in the summer. But it's turned out right. to be a long time. It's worn her down. Yeah, our our psyche in this house is fried. Yeah, uh, literally, our right. brains are fried. Right. My mom's helped out a little, but my mom lives in a in a, in a retirement home, which has right. basically lockdown. I mean, there's a lot of it. And, you know, so many other restrictions that occurred that the people that you would rely on when you needed them in a pinch were not really available quite the same. Yeah. And so I'd like to ask you, you know, from Mm -hmm. my perspective, I've got two very young ones and our, our psychological state uh, about, about is about fried. I mean, yeah. it's starting to turn oh, around yeah. a little bit. We're getting, yeah. we're getting back together, but my wife and I, and this is, this is back to parenting. I mean, this is yeah. just part of life. I'm sure many people can relate to this, but a lot of arguments, yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of tough times, you know, people were on the, on the, on the edge of their rope, so to speak. Uh, my wife particularly for, for very good reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I come home, I'm worn out. I've been working all day. You're it's, right. it's, it's, it's hard there's no release for the kids. Right. They're every, always every part of this just wears you down. Yeah. It wears each of you down a little differently, but like you are both worn out. Worn out. And yeah. how 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 specifically have you and your wife yeah. Jana, how have you guys handled this? So, you know, we have developed a discipline over time for scheduling. And this was just a, a huge wrench in, in any sort of schedule we had ever created. And so now, like, we even we had to begin to do these daily plans. Like, I got the spreadsheet out. I got the calendar going. We got the, the time of the day. And, like, we're putting in when they're going to do their school time, when, when they can have, like, some tablet time on their own or, like, when's outside play time, right, because recess disappeared. So how do you – so we became, like, the planner of the entire day and – still had to manage elements of that. The school should have been sending you guys a paycheck. <laughs> well, we at least got a little, yeah, we we're good. We're, we're fine. But yeah, it's just, that was the hardest thing is like how we did that. So like early on, there was some tension for us because what would happen is the demands of either one of our jobs, like you could sort of anticipate that, but even our jobs are in like this weird limbo upheaval spot right now. And, and it's like, well, how do we know, like, is your work more important than mine today? Like, we have to answer that question almost daily and then reconcile that to, like, well, what do the kids need? You know, because we both have to work or none of us have a roof over our head. You know, like, it's all these things are totally shuffling your priorities, but it doesn't stay stationary long enough, right? So, like, before 
we were, you mentioned uh, getting ready for summer. Like we had a plan in place to, you know, have babysitters and folks to, to be good for the summer. But then when that goes out the window, it's like, okay, we'd worked weeks or months on getting ready for that and, you know, pulling people in and communicating and saying, okay, well, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to plan on a home office day, one day a week, and that'll save us on having a babysitter for five days, you know, that, that kind of thing. So we come up with this arrangement and then all of a sudden that's out the window. Right. And so you're just trying to always adjust. And when it gets to this daily adjustment, weekly adjustment, like when we needed something stationary in terms of scheduling. So that tension, that sort of marital tension of parenting was reduced and minimized. So that's ultimately why we chose virtual school. Like I know we're going to get our butt kicked some days, but I don't have to listen to the noise anymore that you're hearing from, whether it's the school board or other parents or like everybody's like, Oh, all these decisions about hybrids and in class. And like, they changed the start of school from you know, mid August to September 8th, you know, by like governor's order and stuff. And so all these things just keep moving and all they're really doing is moving my ability to make a good decision. And we couldn't afford to keep doing that anymore. So like now we're locked into virtual, you know what you're doing. We know what we're doing. You can plan now, for it and you can plan around. Right it. now. Do I know how I'm going to manage the virtual school thing? Not really, because I've, I haven't seen it yet. Like they're supposed to send a, maybe an iPad for our oldest daughter from the school board. Right. So like, we don't know yet what the course really looks like, but like there's support from the school that she can reach out to if she needs it, but she doesn't really have a teacher it's more like an online college class. So it, it's kind of an interesting experiment, but you don't want to think about your kids being in an experiment. But theoretically, if our oldest daughter kicks butt and gets through it, I guess she could be done by Thanksgiving. You know? Like, yeah, so let me play a little bit of devil's advocate yeah. here. So do you think, what do you think that is taking away from your kids? Right. That's a good question, um, which is why we decided like on the family rules of things, like we were going to sort of open up that family circle of safety and say sports, we're going to find a way for an extracurricular activity, some type of sport to work out for each of the kids. And, and we frequently like, we try never to overload them and have like four at a time. So we really like, we've sort of had a family rule that each kid can be involved in like one thing at a time. And so right now our oldest, when she's looking at uh, middle school tennis, so uh, you played tennis, right? Oh yeah, you played, in you middle school. school, middle school yeah, tennis. Yeah, so school. like yeah. this is uh, this is our first our first school sport. You know, she's hitting middle school, and we're gonna give that a shot to give her the socialization, right? And like that's that's a good one too. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be around a bunch of people. Exactly right. So she was interested in it. We were interested in it. As long as the the sort of the virus rates and this whole red green yellow system they've come up with and and like and the other thing with tennis is you can play within the county a lot of matches with that sport you don't always have to play outside the county the way they've designed this right now if your county has this high rate of infection you're not playing sports with the other county next week so you're not you you may not see as limited of a schedule of activity because there's a lot of opportunity to play within the county. So hopefully she gets that experience because what we knew she would be lacking, especially going into middle school, is social interaction. What may be minimized because she's not in the classroom is the drama that comes along with becoming a middle <laughs> coming school Coming of student. age. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, well, 
So that's do been you, our solution ha, for her. So let me, how do you, how do you think this will last for a long time? Do you see an end to this? And so here, here's where I want to throw this out there. Mm-hmm. If you don't see an end to this, like if right. you, if you have the opinion that, man, this is just going to be how it's going to be forever. Would you still make the decision to have online learning or would you just say, all right, this is going to be the way it is. So I'll send my kid back to school. Yeah. I, I think for me, I've seen so much uh, more productivity in the, in the work that, so the, the folks that I work with on different teams, like we're distributed already. And so we didn't always have a lot of frequent daily engagements in person because you had so much travel in between then. So like this virtual environment's actually helped us be more productive. And I've noticed the same thing with my wife and like other people's roles that I'm familiar with that have that opportunity to, to still work virtually. They have, um, I think they've, their productivity has increased. And so when I think about that from the workforce side of things, and I think about what my kids, like what the workforce would look like for them, you know, beyond high school, beyond post-secondary education, uh, whether it's trade school or college or whatever, they're that really, they need to get comfortable with that environment, you know? So the younger, it's kind of like teaching coding to a second grader, right? Like that's not something we've considered, but when you think about it, you teach these skills younger and younger and younger. If anything else, like right now, if there's just like a little window of time where their environment is exposing them to something they need to become more comfortable with, it's probably not a bad thing. So being able to communicate in a virtual environment, you know, hopefully by like, you know, 21, they're sending awesome corporate emails because they learned how to do that well early on, you know what I mean? Or typing skills or other computer related skills. Well, I I do see totally where you're coming from. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it, but that doesn't, um, let me try to pin you down. Do you, do you think there's any end in sight to this? Oh, do I think there's any end? Um, because I, I, I think that's confident. actually interesting. Yeah, um, because I, I yeah. was confident early on that if we could get enough people to really, uh, you know, support the fact that we were sort of all in this together, then we may have seen it. But it's I, I think it's still going to be a while. And the really the concern I have now is not much really for the virus. It's like for every other typical seasonal virus we deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Or vir- viral illness we deal with. Because really at the start of school, you end up with strep, you've got the flu, A, B, C, D, whatever letters popular well, you that know, month, I said you know, this like, to a mutual you're always gonna have illness. I said this to a mutual friend of ours, and I think I somewhat blew his mind. Uh-huh. And I, I said, I plan on the fact that I'm gonna get COVID nineteen. Right. And he said what do you mean? I said, um, I don't think it matters what I do. I'm, I'm, you know, everyone in this whole entire U S will probably get COVID-19 because no, there's all these mitigation measures. And I said, and maybe I was talking to you about this, but I said to him, I said, have you gotten the flu before? Right. And his response was yes. yes. Yeah. I said, so what makes you think if you've gotten the flu before in your life that you're not going to get COVID-19? Because it's even more highly spread. Right. And so where I come from personally with this, and this isn't from a parenting thing, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. Right. It's gonna happen next week or next year. Yeah. Hopefully I can postpone it until we have better treatments. Right. But it's going to happen. And I think I'm going parents, to eventually you know, and my kids are eventually gonna get it. Right. And it's, it's probably the way our parents felt about chickenpox. Yeah. We you and I never took a vaccine for chickenpox. 
my kids are taking vaccines for chickenpox before they go to kindergarten now. You mm-hmm. know, like that didn't exist then. Yeah. So and like so if, everybody was just like, all right, so elementary age, like the kid gets red bumped up. Oh, that's chickenpox, you know, put them in the, put them in the bath and soak them. Don't let them scratch them. They'll scar, you know, like, but people got through that. Like the mortality rate well, of chickenpox is probably that, not that great. Well, the mortality rate of this virus is pretty low. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think. Based on like population percentage. Yeah. the, the right. Of the people that get it, that sure. are known to have it, very mm-hmm. few of them die. Right. Right. Um, and they're usually much older and they have pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the longer I can stave off getting it until there's better treatments, because I'm of the belief I will get it. Or Eventually in my lifetime, know how to treat it better. Yeah, like treatments, right. better treatments, right. maybe a vaccine. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten the flu and I've gotten right. the vaccine for it. I'm, if mm-hmm. if I have gotten, this is what I was telling uh, my, our mutual yeah. friend. If I've gotten the flu, yeah. and I've been vaccinated, right. then by God, I'm probably gonna get COVID nineteen over the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm just hoping that at the point that I get it which is why I wear a mask and why I social distance. There, there, there'll be some better treatment. Right. Uh, You know, you and I are, you know, young adults, so we're probably okay. Right. But I think that no matter what happens, things are going to get back to normal because it's just going to be the, it's going to be part of the gauntlet of running. You know, we've kind of become too aware Right. In, in culture and in society, right. we've we've become too cerebral, so to speak, yeah. about things going on. We've almost scared ourselves. Right. I'm not trying to downplay that it's a serious issue, but I do think that it's part of the gauntlet of life. Yeah. God, so to speak, has thrown it out there. Um, and we, we, we can make it. You know, it's part of what we have to endure. Yeah, we are so. We also are smart enough that we can put in into play measures of wearing masks and not going to school. But is that what he wants? You asking a spiritual question? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. throwing. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, like is, maybe well, it's maybe that, it's what he wants. I don't think that God created the virus. I think God has made has made everything. I think it's a a virus that is from a creature, so to speak. But um, my my point is, uh-huh. there's enough evidence out there right now, in my opinion, uh-huh. that I personally am not that afraid to send my son to school. Okay. Now right. you're you're doing. Right. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he's going to get it eventually anyway. Right. That's what I've been trying to explain. Right. Um, should I hold up? And I'm not blaming you. Right. Right. But there comes a point where how long am I willing to hold up? Is there ever going to be a point yeah. where I feel comfortable enough? Just like with rich people, is there ever a point where I've made enough money? Sure. Is there ever a point where I feel safe enough yeah. about this virus? Yeah. And I think, no, I think there that, will probably I be a point. I, well, have you defined it? Well, for us, it's been a very fluid definition. So like early on, it was like, all right, we're not going to go anywhere. So we got the we got the thing going where you're wiping the, the groceries, right? So like we're not doing that anymore. Um, we do take the kids out. Our kids take masks. They, they wear the masks. You know, they keep their distance, that sort of thing. Um, I think it's just this, it, it is like a hypersensitive issue. I think right now where we still haven't known as much, I mean, we're still in the phase where, 
one week we hear masks are not effective and here's the scientific research to prove that. And the next week there's this opposite and it's like these dueling oh, universities, that right? It's just me this insane. whiplash. You oh, know? Yeah. And so it's just like, all right, I'm going to, it's like you and I were talking before we started the show here. I'm going to do what I feel like is best yeah, I mean, because of the information I've taken in that I understand. And then I'm going to lead my family in that way. And I think for us, it is a fluid, it's becoming a more fluid. Let's open up the family circle let's say we can have some friends in because our, our friends are, I mean, we, at this point we do have, uh, we have experienced family members that, that have had the virus. Yeah. I kind of gotten through it. Wondering you know, a little bit the about their side. experience. Cause I knew that you had somebody that had gotten the virus, which yeah. I don't know personally. Yeah, so they were younger. It was, it was a younger member of, uh, of our extended family and, and she contracted the virus and, uh, and, you know, did all the quarantining guidelines the health department had shared and she communicated to family and friends that, she had been in contact. They have some pretty specific parameters from the, the public health perspective. So there wasn't, there were not a ton of people that needed to quarantine. But again, like thinking back to like where we started with what we knew, we knew we had family members that were high risk. And so we, we kind of snapped back a little bit and said, okay, like let's really monitor symptoms in our household mm-hmm. and see how things are going for the next several days. And, um, and I ultimately I did experience my first COVID test about 10 days into this, this sort of snapback, but I had no symptoms, you know, so you're able to get tested. And ultimately after I waited the five days, which was not helpful at all. I don't, uh, you and I've talked about yeah. this. I don't really understand <laughs> that, that. That really wasn't, you know, if helpful, you're a professional athlete, you can get a 20 minute test, but if yeah. you're just, who cares about all the other yeah. people you might infect, you know, it's only if LeBron right. James can infect a hundred people. If Ryan Stoner infects a yeah. hundred people, I, we I don't care. Effect of a hundred thousand already. <laughs> you know what you I'm know? saying? Exactly. It, 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 yeah, it's right. kind of, I think also from a political standpoint, that's what's driving people insane yeah. is that it, none of it makes sense. Right. Right. None of it and makes so, sense. You know, as, as we sort of walk back into this more open space, there are some things we're willing to do, but others we're not. Yeah. And I, I don't want you to think I fault you for yeah, going, no. but like I, I kind of view things maybe through a different sort of lens and I am, a, I am somewhat worried, but I also feel like we're going to get it. Right. It's, um, and I think I'm okay to support that opinion. But where we're at right now with so many unknowns is that if you were to get it right now, you stand a greater risk of it impacting your health in a greater way because yeah, we don't I, know how to treat it. I do it as agree well with that, and I think we've learned how to treat it better. And so that was where this this whole thing about we need more respirators or we need more. Well, yeah, uh, it turns out that once you put some on a respirator, they, ventilators they, they and sh- or ventilator, they surely died. Um, oh, I've read several. Yeah, it, okay. it actually weakened you. It made your it body made it worse. Yeah, it made your body depend on, it, and then they couldn't get off of it. So okay. they, they stopped putting people on them as frequently. Which, for all and you they had, I a, know that's probably a common issue with ventilators anyway. Right, but yeah. how, how would you? How would you <laughs> know? How would you know? Yeah, right. and so that's where a lot of these things at the beginning totally made sense. Shut everything. That we don't know anything yeah. about this virus. Absolutely. You know, six months right. down the road, we know we do know a lot more. Right. It is dead. I know I don't need to wipe my groceries now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, right. And there, there's other things too, but. And someday you and I can probably shake hands again. Yeah. You know, for those listening, we are greater than six feet away from each other. Yeah. We've uh, only, we've only ever made eye contact during this. Uh, I have a, a nice mask around my neck from uh, the folks that sustain you clothing here made in Appalachia. So, oh, nice. Nice yeah. plug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am not currently wearing a mask. I'm in my own home. Yeah. But I, 
also, um, you know, I, I run a lawn care business and I don't, I don't, I don't get around anybody. Right. As a matter of fact, I, I, I occasionally have Keep some people distance. come up to me, solicit me, ask me for money when I'm down on sixth sure. Avenue or something. Right, right. And I tell them, you know, do you know there's a fricking virus going on? I say this right to them and I guess they're totally oblivious. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't have a lighter. Yeah. I don't have cigarettes. I don't have any money and you might have the virus. Yeah. So please get away Step from away. me. Right. You know, but I, I don't, if I go into a speedway or, or something, which is rarely, but I'll put on a mask. Yeah. You know, I'm not some nut job. I, like right. I said, I've got buddies that, so like I totally see where you're coming from and I yeah. hope you see where I'm coming yeah. from, but I got buddies that are absolutely totally rigid, uh-huh. think it's bogus, yeah. believe the virus is fake. Right. And I wonder how their pandemic parenting is. Well, we've met some of those parents and those parents are, they, uh, they're kind of like ra- raising free range chickens. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, uh, anything goes. And, and you can't tell me what to do. And, and in fact, like, I don't feel as though, uh, by me wearing a mask or by my kid going to the grocery store or which I don't even think we've done that, but like going anywhere public with a mask, like, I don't feel as though they're mandating that someone else needs to do that. I do think that, uh, my kids are learning like from this, this conscious level, like they're learning how to care for the public. So it's kind of like a citizenship thing. Yeah. And that's, there, there, that's great. Yeah. Like we have Owen, he's, mm-hmm. he's just a little over three. Every time we go out, we put a mask on him. It stays yeah. on about 90% of the right. time. Right, right, right. But he, he's learning that we all have these on, you know, he sees yeah. everybody there. And it, like you said, it gives, it gives, it gives the kids a, you know, well, they're, they're a, not just thinking about themselves, which is huge. You know, we could be building a bunch of narcissists. Right. There's a sense of responsibility here. And, and you think like when you hear parents say, well, you, it's impossible to keep a mask on a kid for eight hours. Okay. So we want them to go in school. Like ultimately, like I want my kid to be able to go to a classroom. Yes. Is it physically possible to do that well right now? That's where my confidence wanes. Yeah. Well, right? like one I thing I like that you there. said earlier mm-hmm. is you want something known. Yeah. So you're picking something that you know is safe. Mm-hmm. It's already been tried and tested, tried and true. Mm-hmm. You, know, you already did it in the spring. Right. And I think I mean, that makes total sense to me. Like I, right. you know, if, you know, we're, we don't know. I mean, we're sending Owen to back to his preschool. We right. still don't know what's going on. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now it, Obviously, it's more of a daycare sort of situation, mm-hmm. so he's not getting packets of learning. So we're not we're not on the same level as right. you guys. But like, right. we would be thinking of it completely different if he was going to let's Absolutely. say elementary, middle school. Like I would right. be making, and I think that's where each each family mm-hmm. yeah. needs to make their own decision based right. on their own needs and wants and right. how their parents are working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think if it fits you, then right. And if the school system is willing to, and, and so far they have been, and we appreciate that, you know, they've been willing to make options available for not just based on people's comfort, but like based on the reality that, that they know it could heighten this, it, it could heighten sort of the, the outbreak risk, right? Or the, the negative impact of too many getting the virus, the virus at, at the same, same time, time, right? That is as a school system, 
when you're looking at elementary schools locally and high schools locally that have consolidated so many times over the years that we have elementary schools with 700 kids in yeah, them. Yeah, that's insane. It's insane, right? So, like, that is that is the Petri dish that people talk about. And these kids are bringing home strep. They're bringing home flu. They're bringing home and daycare. You've got what the roseolas and the every every red rash all the time is viral. What's like, that on his face? What do no, you I don't do? Know. It's, okay. it's a virus. These are viral rashes. What do you do? You have to let it run its course. And and we can do that with this with the coronavirus. We can do that, but the risks are greater with just letting it run its course all at the same time for everybody, right? So like we're just sitting here thinking, what can we do for us? Like it, it may be inevitable. It could totally be inevitable that someday I'm, I'm going to, the next time I, the first, this is like an Alanis Morissette song, right? Like you go to the first time you go to the grocery store without a mask, you see, you know, uncle cousin, Teddy, somebody, and they never cared. And they come over and just cough in your face. And all of a sudden I'm sick. You never know. Like this is, it, it could, at some point it could just happen. And, and for now I can mitigate it with more than just wearing a mask. I can mitigate it because the the school board is providing options to help my family and I mitigate it, right? And so now we can just be, um, we can be prepared to sort of live in the now well and then get through this stage and, and phase. And, um, you know, we'll reevaluate at the beginning of the year with the semester and, and see what school options, you know, where things are headed. I mean, they, they may just retreat from this whole virtual thing altogether, uh, which I, I, I kind of doubt, given the fact that they approved buying every kid in the county an iPad. Did you know that you and I are paying for those? Oh, I figured. I mean. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but I, I think it's fine. I think it's great Like, because there's so many kids that are under-resourced that don't have that. So that's that's their option is to uh, is to provide these devices, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, so let me, um, you know, we've gone well over our allotted yeah, time, which is fine yeah. with me. But let me just throw a couple things out there. Have you okay. and your family gone out to dinner yet? We've been doing a lot of takeout. We have not gone. Oh, out I thought to you dinner. were going to say you've been doing a lot of cooking at home. Well, we have been. You we've been doing. Me? No, we've been doing a lot of cooking at home. I mean, our our daughters love to bake, and so they've been baking cookies and things for months now, and you know, sharing them with neighbors and stuff. And uh, but you have not sat. We have not sat. I've not sat in a restaurant yet. No. Okay. But I, we were, I have eaten once. Once. We didn't do that a ton anyway. And honestly. there was nobody there, actually. What? Yeah. It was at the China I did a I did a thing on Chinese buffets. That's and, right. And, yeah. Well actually on buffets in general. Right, right. And uh that yeah, there was nobody there. So it was kinda cool. I mean, we weren't gonna yeah. unless the people that were serving the food had it. There right. was nobody in the restaurant. But now that may be the future. Um it may be, I think it will be. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that that's you know it's kind of fascinating the a lot more we're in in some ways we're advancing right and in other ways we're kind of retreating back into yeah. doing things more in the home oh yeah people learning how to cook yeah it's you it's know, like it, it's more, interesting I've seen more folks popping up a garden this year yeah like you were saying you know earlier you know and I totally agree with this job, more jobs, especially management style jobs. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to have to go anywhere. You can do work right. from home, zoom meetings. Right. Right. So what's so wrong with having your kids learn about doing, you know, things online. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be what I would consider an advancement. Sure. But then you go from eating out at McDonald's and things like that to every single meal you're making it at home. Yeah. Um, that seems to me like slipping back into the eighties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, but from a health standpoint. Oh, I, yeah. It's oh, fantastic. it's definitely healthier. But I'm just yeah. saying is yeah. like, you know, it, it, there are things that, you like know. How far society has come. 
Yeah, you know, I yeah. remember being a kid, and it was like, man, I want to go to McDonald's when I when a happy well, not a happy meal, but like a a value yeah. meal was right two ninety nine. Yeah, my mom would give me three seventeen three dollars and seventeen cents. If you ate out today, all these meals, what are the like? What's the most common side available? Like French fries, French fries, right? Oh, like, yeah. how many times can I take a family of five out to just eat French fries? Yeah, that's you know all it mean? is. It's man. all it is, right? So like. In that regard, I feel like we have uh, sort of in the family time, like we really were able to center ourselves as a family and say, like, we are the stoner family. Like, this is who we are, what we do. You know, and we we had the home dinners and, um, you know, had some healthier options. I mean, our, our son was picky for a long time. And now, like, he, the kid's eating steak and grilled chicken, you know, cause he's, he's probably going through a growth spurt, but it's no more like I want chicken nuggets and French fries. Like he's actually eating food again because that's what we have. Yeah. You're going to eat parent, what we have, buddy. Exactly. And, and, not- and as a parent, like I'm not giving in in the drive through line with five people behind me and saying, oh, I'm just getting the nuggets again, you know? So it's, uh, it's been a blessing in that sense. Yeah. There's a couple Have you guys, have you guys attended church? Um, we didn't for a long time, but our, our, our church actually had, they went totally live. They did not open back up for a while. And when they did, uh, we kind of let the system of that sort of play out for like a week or two. And, and then we went and attended in person. Uh, they did have, they had a mask thing. They put you like at opposite ends of the pew and like a pew in between you. And they were sort of going above and beyond the guidelines early on. Cause really there were no, public health or, or sort of state guidelines, uh, for like large groups at that point. And they kind yeah. of, in West Virginia, we kind of snapped back to a smaller number now than, than we got to. So we went, we did that. And, um, we kind of just realized like for right now, like our, our church may typically have over a hundred and some folks in a nice kind of intimate, friendly, like, you know, hug folks and welcome them kind of setting. And that wasn't what this was right now because you still got like people in mass and no one's touching each other. Right. So, it's kind of like we just, you know, it, it's not the full experience, so we don't have to do it right now. And and we still, you know, enjoy worship every Sunday together um, as best we can in the living room on, on Facebook Live. Um, but, you know, we also take a whole lot more time now to get out in nature as a family with sort of that flexibility. Yeah, we've been going every weekend. We yeah, did, you've been doing the state park thing. Yeah, we've weekend, been trying right? to go to different state yeah. parks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got little ones, so it's kind of rough yeah. to actually do a whole lot. But we're, right. we're trying to get out and get yeah. um, our church has still not gone back to in person at all. Yeah, not at all. I can understand that, you know, like the, right. the the majority of the people going to my church currently are are older. Right. I mean the 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 population they're the high the more risk consistent people. population is your elderly folks, right? Yeah. So I mean, until we get stuff figured out, I, that makes sense to me, and that's mm-hmm. where I have somewhat of a disconnect between school and that because right. school is younger. I think that yeah. the, if they get it, they'll survive. Right. They'll be fine. Maybe they won't. But yeah, you know, I can see the logic both ways, and you know, I just hope this isn't disenfranchising people from like, you know, the numbers going to church already were, mm. you know, drastically reducing. And I just wonder, you know, how this is going to, how this is going to affect the churches, man, you know, yeah. when they get going again. Well, I think it has affected them a great deal already. And, you know, my wife and I both have backgrounds in ministry and uh, some of our, our friends that are still in ministry have shared that they've shared that, you know, they, they had some high numbers maybe of their, their live streams early on. And, and now they've sort of see that wane, you know, they've gotten better at doing what they're doing digitally, but 
they still see that wane because now like it wasn't like church wasn't just about worship. Church is about like being able to interact with other people mm-hmm. and, you know, having your small groups and your Sunday schools Connections. and whatnot. Connection with other people. And that's really the thing that still suffers across the board is connecting. And if there's any one thing that we should have changed from the beginning, like we've, we've listened to a lot of science, we've heard media talk about all the science, but if there's one thing like from the linguistic standpoint we should have listened to was don't call it social distancing. It's physical distancing. Like social is is you and I interact. We can still interact a thousand different ways from six feet. Like we didn't have to be. Uh, thank you for defining my bubble. Like I needed that, right? Like 10 might have been too much, six I can live with. But why did we have to say social distancing? Like I've, I've heard people say like spatial distancing. Well, in West Virginia, that, that gets pronounced special or spate. You know what I mean? Like that, that wouldn't have worked. Spatial but, distancing. But spatial distancing, yeah. We could have said physical distancing, you know, and, and maybe not had sort of this this whole mindset that like everything must go. Like I can't go to the park and go on a walk. I'm My neighbors look at me funny when I walk the dog now. You know, like it doesn't have to be that way. Like we just can't throw a big party in the yard together. You know, like... There's no bonfires. There's, you know what I mean? Like that's, we kind of took that a little too far on the social side of things. And I think that's going to affect the church ultimately. Um, I think that'll be a challenge to sort of pull people back. But, you know, we, we do have a, uh, a small group that we meet with uh, weekly and creatively early on, we were doing the zoom thing. And then as the weather broke, like now you start seeing like this huge circle of people in camping chairs and they're like hanging out in the yard of the parking lot. And, and so it's neat to still like have the desire to want to be together, but you know, so much of ministry is mission focused and, and how do you go and serve right now with so many of these guidelines when you know, say you're going to go to a, a soup kitchen or something like I don't have a food handlers card. You're going to let me serve on the buffet line, you know? So I think it's just a lot of things have changed uh, so much that we'll have to adapt to how we can really be church to the world around us. Yeah. Things have definitely drastically changed yeah well we've kind of exhausted this subject i'm sure that there's other subjects you and i may talk about in the future but ryan uh thanks for coming on yeah i appreciate it appreciate the opportunity this is uh this is cool i think you're my first friend that does podcasts that's neat yeah i mean i think you and i you know before this thing even started recording we had some pretty good conversations so maybe i'll have you back on and we'll hash out some stuff yeah guys uh you know let's uh thank ryan center for joining us thank you take it easy 